Hello, friends! Welcome to episode 94 of Storyteller Conclave. It's the show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level, I am Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Um, I'm doing well. I'll tell you what, I am super full. Dinner was very good. Dinner was very good. Thank you so much for bringing us tonight. That made my day so much easier. Not a problem at all. I want to give a, before we get started, a big big shout out and happy birthday to uh, to Patreon contributor uh, Knox in the Box. Yes, happy birthday. Uh, glad you got to take the day off and uh, Ooh, good mess way around. to do it. Yeah, mess around with uh, with Hero Forge. He was posting some pictures Ooh, up on our Discord. And nice. Stuff like yeah, that, yeah, so. yeah. I, I did not have time much to look at it. So man, they got some epic basing now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel good, good about that, but I also feel bad about it at the same time. Like if you're grabbing the SDL files, sometimes you don't want the basing because you want to base it yourself. Well, you can you can do something different with it. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like. I like what they're doing with the basing, but at the same time, I would like those as separate files. Right, 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 right. Yep. You know, just so I can do the 3D print right for both of those, because I've already experienced that as an issue. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you're a 3D printer and, and, and you do those kinds of things with models, their STLs are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. At the same time, they can cause some havoc with trying to do supports and stuff and some of the things they've done. So. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't come from doing that a little bit myself. It's... uh. It's It's dicey dicey having to print something four times because it keeps failing. Yeah. But again, their stuff is amazing. I actually kind of look forward to one day using the coupon that I have to have a painted mini sent to me because I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah. Um, Not that I had prepaid or anything. I didn't do that. But uh, they gave you like, I think it's like 20% off and I'm like off of one of the basic paintings. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I'm going to take that offer. And once, like, we are back to gaming on a regular basis, I think I might make my uh, Big, Big Bad Evil Guy for my campaign okay. be a printed, painted from them, okay. just to see how it comes out. Please tell me it's Bulgren. Please tell me I get to punch him. Uh, you will get to punch Bulgren. It will not be him. Ah, uh, all, right, all right, all right, all I'll, right. That's the important point, though, is that yes. I get to punch Bulgren. You, you will get the right to punch Bulgren. I don't know if you will. So we'll see how that goes. Um. Okay, well. So you did have your game. I did have my game, yeah. Uh, so we had the third third part of the uh, the three-part one-shot that I yes. ran, um, where you were playing alternate characters trying to rescue the captured main characters. Yes. Um, I think it came across pretty well. Uh, I started getting some of the feedback mm-hmm. upon uh, my mm-hmm. game Discord yep. from my players. Everyone seemed to have really liked it, but the sentiment also seems to be, that was great, let's not do it again. <laughs> I, I think it was less of let's not do it again, but it was neat experiment, and I think there's going to take there's going to be some time to really, once we're back to our characters, get a feeling for what it meant to us. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it was a, I don't think it's a let's never do it again thing. It was yeah. more of a, it was the perfect length, any yeah. more would have been too much. Yeah, like, it yeah. was the appetizer, please give us the main course now. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. Those were the delicious mozzarella sticks. Yeah. But I want my steak. Yeah, yeah, yes. you, you, you teased me with steak on the menu, you mm-hmm. told me how tasty it is, I've seen it on other people's plates going by, yep, yep, yep. bring me my steak now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, but uh, other than that, I, I, I applaud you for all of the effort you did and the organic storytelling you built into it, mm-hmm. and uh, it taught me a few things, and it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Well, good, 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 good. So. I'm, I'm really, really glad it came, I was pretty happy with it, and everybody seemed to have really good sentiments, so. Yes. Um... So tonight's show, yes. Uh, okay, so a little backstory on tonight's show. Um, uh, I both both Rob and I are members of various uh, Dungeons and Dragons and and role playing related um, groups. groups in you know across multiple things, but yeah. Reddit specifically. Reddit's a great a great place to find a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of those is a, um, a subreddit we call D- it's called DM Academy. And uh, in there, about a month ago, I saw a thread that really sparked my interest. Uh, and it was called Give Them a Nuke. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on our Discord, I did post the link to it into the uh, the show notes um, uh, thing there. And uh, so you can all go in and look at it. Uh, the, it was originally created by uh, by Reddit user Dungeon Zaddy. Um, and the original text just simply reads... Give your players a one-time use, super badass, over-the-top spell scroll. Hell, you can even homebrew it. Am I crazy? No. Watch what happens when a player knows they're carrying a summon pit fiend spell scroll that basically has the potential to destroy a town. Mm-hmm. My players are watching their backs more closely, constantly trying to avoid being searched, and making damn sure they don't get pickpocketed. 
They know if they lose the spell scroll, they may be well. They may very well have to fight the pit fiend. It was something I thought very much. Uh, I, th- I thought through very much, but throwing this in has created so many interesting little developments. And I thought this was a really great commentary on player power and rewards and such like that. Um, because I think we, as storytellers, game balance and rewards and such like that is always yeah. such a tricky thing to handle. Yeah. Like, I want to give you guys a plus two longsword, but is that going to trivialize something else down the way? Mm-hmm. Am I making you overpowered? What if I give you, uh, you know, the staff of power or a wand of magic missiles? You know, every deck little deck of many things. Right. Yeah. Every little thing that I give you guys gives you one more solution that you can trivialize a problem that I throw in front of you. And as drama is born of conflict, mm-hmm. it would allow you to resolve conflict very easily, ergo make things boring and routine, and you just stomp through everything, and mm-hmm. it's very difficult for me to balance the game at that point. Well, it changes it, but I see where you're going. But, yeah, right, I'm, I'm just saying, is that that's, that's the basis of the struggle, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. And this post flipped that all on its head. Mm-hmm. Give them something super powerful that can only be used once. Mm-hmm. Only when it was funny, you know? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just found it really compelling. So I, I guess the thought is, is like, and, and this is what I was seeing was is from a lot of the posts were not so much even people talking about, uh, you know, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, but everybody was talking about how they had done it. Or mm-hmm. what they were going to be doing and how they scaled it. Mm-hmm. They would. They were being very specific in some cases. Other were. Others were basically drawing out how bad this thing was to have, or or what it would end up doing the one time. And I think that really kind of painted a picture for how storytellers tell their story. I think this is the like. I would almost put this out there as the one question you ask a DM to figure out what kind of a DM they are. Okay, okay. You know, kind of like the, you know, uh, the old, um, the aristocrats for a comedian Mm -hmm. to see where they sit on the comedy scale and and how far they're willing to go. Yeah. You know, uh, this is the, you know, uh, you have one superpowered item to give your players. It must be ultimately powerful. What do you give them? Oh, God, I don't know. Right. Like... But but by doing that, but taking the time to think about it and or listening to the way that their answer is crafted kind of teaches you a lot about the playstyle and the and the, and the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of gave me that feeling because as I was reading through, I could tell where people came from. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and, and what styles. Like, this person clearly came from a tactical gameplay. This person clearly came from a bunch of players who all were lawyers about everything they did and, and were minutiae about mm-hmm. everything. This person here clearly just has uh, amazing stories with their friends who they really don't care what the outcome is. Their, their story's outcome is what the players drive. You know, you know, the, you know, and they were explaining things as like, yeah, I gave them a spell scroll that did 1d10 times 100, you know, and they wanted to roll the dice out. I said, go for it. And so they literally pooled as many dice as they could. And when they ran out, they're like, can we re-roll? I'm like, no, that's all the dice you have. That's all you get to roll. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that tells the kind of storyteller you are. You know, like, you're just there to have fun. They don't have hundreds of d10. Clearly, they've never <laughs> played Vampire or 7C before. <laughs> Clearly. And that taught me that about them. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah. They just didn't do that. And so it was, or they just didn't have it available. But if the storyteller was there and still didn't have it available, mm, that kind of says a lot. Yeah, yeah, But but again, it kind of throws it in. At the same time, it it made me think about like, is that okay? Do we do this? And what kind of things does that present? And it comes back to the conversations we were having about it of, you know, does it make them second guess what they're doing? Does it immediately give them a power grab? And then they are like, you know, and then they play the the, the standard game of I'm going to hang on to this until I need it. And then after the game is over, they're like, oh, I. I never used it. Right, right. You know, which is so common. It is so common. The conservative gamer, you know, if you will. So so from from my perspective, like, the, the very first thing I thought is, like, you hand someone a nuke like that, they're going to use it to just nuke the big bad evil guy and win the story. Mm-hmm. You know, win in giant air quotes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that's, like, the, the very first reason you don't want to do something like that is because it's, like, you don't want them to just destroy your big bad evil guy. And then I started thinking, like, or do you? Mm-hmm. Or do you? Because, like, every action furthers the story, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, even nuking the big bad evil guy, or, or literally anything else. You know, the, the implications of using that power can be even bigger and better of a story than anything you had attached to your big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's like, if it's a summon pit fiend scroll, like the, like the original example, um, is that pit fiend now on the loose? Yeah. Or do... Or worse yet, almost worse yet, do they have control of a pit fiend? I mean, what sort of people in your world have control of a pit fiend? Evil guys, right? Mm-hmm. At least Traditionally. That's what, that's what everybody else thinks, you know? Maybe they do now. Um, if it's like a powerful damage spell, is there like environmental fallout from using it? You know, I'm not talking about necessarily radiation, but well, and, you know, and again, did, did you just deforest a square mile area? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, is that we're also thinking in much of a fantasy realm, and there were a few in there that, if you keep, I think that if I remember correctly, if you went down the list, uh, that were not just fantasy, mm-hmm. and um, that people were talking about, uh, you know, spelljammer kind of stuff and things like that, and it made me think of other stuff outside of that, which I'll get to um, as we go into this. But yeah, like. Do you become the baddies? Mm-hmm. Could you be the reason of the start? Like, one guy said that he started the game off with giving the players an ultimate weapon um, that basically I think was effectively like a uh, a, a lightning spell, but with like a, a wider, like it was already enhanced, it was already extended, and it you know was doing max damage. So basically it was going to do a lightning spell that was like 20 feet wide oh with and like 400 feet long. And was going to do max damage at that whole distance, right? Oh, jeez. So they whip it out to defeat something that's just outside of town and end up shooting lightning through the center of town and into the mountain. Uh-huh. Now, the guy had not written a story. He just wrote this one encounter to see if they would use it. And, and they, they did. did. If they hadn't, he was going to have that thing like available to the... Like the big, big bad evil guy to find, like mm-hmm. to go after them for, like he they now because that's the whole reason why he was coming. But now they literally just pulverized that guy to ash, and left a crater of electrical energy that tore through the city and out the other side, blowing things apart. Now they're the bad guys. They mm-hmm. literally just wrecked a city, and in the path, all of the other creatures that were that were along that route now hate them. And if just, they survive, well, they're the ones that did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the child who was standing next to their mother, who literally was vaporized next to them. You mm-hmm. know, things like that. And so you suddenly had, and and I, I think uh, he said it's like he went in the aftermath thereof. Like it's been three months, and everyone's been quiet about this. There's been stories, but no one has said who did it. Like the the crown has been trying to cover it up, but clearly think people are starting to hear things. And you're sitting in a bar, and four guys come in, four thug-looking guys come walking in the door, you know, mercenaries, obviously, of some sort, and the bar gets real tense, and uh, the guy walks over to the a bartender, and the bartender kind of looks over at your table, and everyone else in the bar starts to get up and leave. Ooh. A fight's brewing. Uh-huh. And that was the opening of the second scene. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, love that. It's a dark story right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it, it, the, the, the whole concept brought to mind a couple of cliches for me. Um, uh, Knox actually just hit on one of them. The whole idea that uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and handing them that, um, I think you'll you'll watch your characters start making a lot different choices. Um, they they, they might they might you don't know you know. But it offers a lot of solutions. The other one that I love is uh, when all you have is a hammer, every solution starts to look like a nail. Mm-hmm. Or every problem starts to look like a nail. Yep. Um, and that's an awful big hammer to hand somebody. Well, agreed. But at the same time, like you had brought up the fact, like, if your players get into that mentality, mm-hmm. is it just destroying every encounter? I mean, you're, you've are you done time. You've calculated things. Maybe you've made something, made minis, made terrain, and they just walk in and stomp all over it? Yeah. yeah. Like, in one shot. Like, in six seconds, they're all laughing at your crap. That that's kind of sucks in its own way. It, it, it does kind of suck. But, so here's here's the counterpoint to that, though. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, they, they, they go in. They drop the nuke, and everybody just starts laughing at this carefully, carefully planned encounter you've got. They the players. They the players, yeah. 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 So let me ask you this. You said your players are laughing? 
Sure. That means they're having a good time. I suppose that's true. Are we all at this table to have a good time? Yeah, but you know that feeling as a storyteller. All right. I know know that feeling as a storyteller, but, but sometimes you need to step away from that. Sometimes an encounter does not go the way that you plan. Like, okay, for instance, mm-hmm. as as a great example of this, <laughs> um, the first part of the, the one-shot interlude, yes. okay, you guys found one of the awful Daedric shiver, uh, gibbering mouthers in the basement <laughs> of, that, uh, of that tavern. Yes. I meant for that to be an encounter. You were supposed to fight that thing. Yep. How did it go? The rogue stealthed down. Saw it, did not, was not seen herself, stealthed right the hell back out, went, nope, you, mage, nuke it. <laughs> what, what's down there? Nope, nope. not even going to tell you. <laughs> We're just going to nuke it. And you used sacks of flour to aerosolize a <laughs> propellant, and you burned the inn down on top of it. We did. No. I could have been salty about the you guys should have fought that thing. Instead, you're just going to stand outside and burn the tavern down. But you burned the tavern down. We did. And everybody thought, and look at you, you're laughing yeah. and smiling right now just thinking about I, it. I laugh at it from both aspects, both as the storyteller and as the player. Okay. Is it a better story that you burned, that you just noped and burnt the story down, the, 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 the tavern down? I think it was a better story because we noped and burned the story, we burned the tavern down. You see? And I offered you, you a nuke, one-shot solution to that. You accepted a nuke well, offer. I accepted a nuke offer. Which okay. I think is to another part of this. Yeah. Which I think is another part. It, you don't always have to hand the nuke to them. Sometimes your players come up with a nuke. Like, uh, I uh, I witnessed a writing write-up that followed one of my stories. Because um, uh, in one of my stories, the uh, I had a tower topple down in the sea taking out a, a ship. Mm-hmm. As one of the pieces, I had mentioned that on the 7C forums, and someone had taken said, hey, one of my players decided to kind of do this to stop something. Okay. They literally knew that they would have problems getting out of this cove. They saw the lighthouse. They set the charges. And instead of stopping them, saying, you know, putting people against it, they did it all right, and they had it all prepared so that when they left, they blew the charges by firing a cannon at it, hit it. And toppled the the tower behind them, stopping everyone else from leaving the port. That's great. And it stopped a whole sea fight that I had planned. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care because they took the time and they freaking enjoyed it. And they and they they yep. felt heroic. Yep. And those guys are not going to be walking away going talking about the sea fight they almost had. Yeah. They're going to be talking about that one epic time that they planned and executed this daring escape by blowing up a lighthouse. You know. And so, bring this back around to the one-shot nuke. Let them have it. Yeah. Let them have Like, it. it's going to be so much more fun for them to just be like, we noped that encounter so hard. Fluffernutter. Yeah, fluffernutter. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, if, if you know if, the scene, enjoy. <laughs> fluffernutter. Um, but then, of course, you know, like, like I said, every action continues the story. Even if it is dropping a nuke and saying, we're not having this fight today. We're just winning it. Okay, yeah. cool. You nuke the big bad evil guy. Um, focus on the consequences of those actions. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there are none. If in a lighter game, okay, great. You drop the nuke. You all had a good laugh. The story goes on. Mm-hmm. Not you don't you don't always have to punish the players for doing something right. Yep. You know, um, maybe if it was a heinous enough act like you like you offered mm-hmm. earlier with the uh, with the, the giant lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe your characters just became the new big bad evil guy. Yeah, unknowingly. Unknowingly, yeah. right. Um, powerful. Now, this is the other one, too. Um, Sean made me think of this one, mm-hmm. because his, uh, his game is set in Waterdeep, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Forgotten Realms. Right, right. Uh, there's an organization that he really, he's really fond of called the Harpers. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And, um, in one of our other games, he had a member of the Harpers following us around, basically, because they don't like rogue adventurers, mm-hmm. because they are unknown variables. Yeah. And they make powerful people very nervous when yep. they begin to get su- too super powerful. I always thought that the Harpers were a very political organization, because of all of the little things they do to make sure everything is still okay. Yep. So now imagine you're a Harper's agent uh-huh. and you get report that some group of adventurers did this thing <laughs> yeah. and like half a city is blown up. 
mm-hmm. and this guy got nuked off the face of the planet along with like 15 of his minions. Yeah. Are are you going to go check that out maybe just a little bit? Are you maybe going to want to take those adventurers at least in for questioning, maybe down a peg or two because yeah. they're getting a little too powerful and maybe the masked lords of Waterdeep don't want that kind of power just wandering around. Exactly. Whether whether they did it for the right reasons or not, whether they're the quote-unquote good guys in the history books. Yeah. Powerful people get nervous when other people get powerful around them. Indeed, indeed. Um and so you just got to, you know, I mean, imagine if you were your private citizen, mm-hmm. right? You get in a fight and whether you're justified or not, you pull out a rocket launcher and destroy the whole building. Mm-hmm. Do you think the cops are going to want to talk to you? Probably. And you'd be like, he tried to mug me. <laughs> okay. That's a bit much. But you pulled out a rocket launcher and we've got some questions. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the the other uh, other one that I read was the uh, red version of it. That not so much that uh, you give them a, a a big bad you know weapon that that is a one shot thing, but that they're already recognized as weapons. They are the big bad dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. They have that one ability or that one thing that makes them that way, and everybody knows it. But they've, you know, all of the real players know it. Mm-hmm. None of the commoners do because they just see, you know, adventurers. Oh, it's just another adventurer. But, like, literally when the Harpers show up, they're like, oh, no, he's in town. Crap. All right. Well, <laughs> well. first off, alert everybody. Who, who everybody? Good Everyone! Guy. <laughs> all the good guys and the bad guys that we have a problem in town. We don't know why they're here, but mm-hmm. we have a problem in town. Like, if they're going to go adventure somewhere, just fix it. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. Just let them have whatever the hell they want and let them out of town. <laughs> like, let them it's go. It's better for everyone. Take down the wanted posters. I don't care how much money is on the table for anybody there. You just, don't want to make them feel threatened. Just don't make eye contact and back away yeah, slowly. Call the Dons. <laughs> tell them to pull his goons off the streets. There shall be no robbery going on. Yep. Like, yep. Like, you know, we just want these people to leave town as quickly as possible. And uh, it, it definitely changes the tone of the game mm-hmm. you know now you're not getting work anymore but you don't know why and you start rolling inside checks and you realize everyone's afraid of you the, the fear is high in uh-huh. this town so all right so i want to bring up another counterpoint to this whole thing sure sure, okay, sure. we just talked a lot about what happens if your players use it mm-hmm. what if they don't they just hang on to it so final fantasy is a big um, influence in my in my, oh, yeah. my gaming life, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, and and the Elder Scrolls games too. So things mm-hmm. like games like Skyrim, I've got you know several hundred hours in Skyrim. Sure. Um, and I'm I'm sure you've had a similar gaming history. It may not be with those exact games, but um, uh, RPG games in general. You ever end up on the last boss with a 99 stack of like full heal elixirs, mm-hmm. um, and you still don't use them because you might need them. It's uh, literally the last boss. Like you will beat this and the game will be over. There is no more content beyond this point, but you might need them. So you yeah, don't well, use them. What was the ones from final fantasy? Those are elixirs. No, no, no. There was, there was a specific one, like something white or dawn or something. There were a special elixir that gave you both life and magic and like it was a super elixir. Oh, okay. Okay. In, uh, in, in earlier games, they were called elixirs. They did the full life, yeah. full magic. There was, there, I just remember like there was a certain one and I'd always, whenever I played, I would always have a stack of them. Uh huh. Like just sitting around. It's like, why don't I use these? What, why don't I use these to get everyone back? Like, cause, cause you might need them. Yeah. They're, they're too important to use right now. <laughs> yeah. There might be a tougher battle later in which you might, also consider using them for three seconds and then say no. Yeah. Because there might be a tougher battle after that. Correct. Correct. Like, I got through this one, but I I don't need them right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you so... don't sell them, even though they're worth a lot of money, because you might need them, you know? <laughs> Mega elixirs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so I, you you might actually end up with that situation if you give your players a, a, a big nuke like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you're, you're going to fear the one they use it on, but they might just walk around with it. Um. And watching the drama unfold around deciding to use the nuke mm-hmm. can be almost as good as using the nuke itself. I agree. Because it alters their strategy so much. Yeah, well, because it's another variable. It is. It is. And and especially if they go into considering the implications of using it, of like, do we want to use it? 
because it'll be gone? Or do we not want to use it because it might paint a target on us? Or, you know... I, I, I will say that most players won't think of that until they start getting into more political games. That's you fair. know, where there's a lot more players in that's, it. That's very fair. But I definitely would think more so that it may fall into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. The longer you have it, the more chances that you're going to go down and someone's just going to steal it. And now you have an even bigger problem because you just let that go and you know about that. Mm -hmm. You know, worse yet, what if it was gifted to them as a thing uh -huh. to protect or keep or whatever when they would possibly use it? That guy knows, like knows where it went. Yep. You know? What do you mean you lost it? We kind of misplaced it. What do you mean you misplaced it? <laughs> well, then you could you could actually run into the other the other the other opposite problem if they don't use it, right? And that is you run into a uh, uh, either a it never gets used because they forget they have it. Mm -hmm. It gets stuffed in a bag of holding somewhere, written down on somebody's sheet as a footnote, mm -hmm. and then they never use it. Mm -hmm. And then you're having your post campaign breakdown, and you're like, I'm surprised you guys never use that thing. And they all slap their foreheads, going. Oh, yeah, we had that thing the whole time. Why didn't we? Ah, God, we're so stupid. Mm -hmm. Or you end up with what I like to refer to as a dust of deliciousness situation. Oh, yeah. Um, Where they pull it out and you forgot. And it's it's been 87 game sessions. Mm -hmm. And you're like, remind me what that does again? <laughs> oh, it has this effect. Okay, and how are you going to use it? Well, I'm going to do this. And then use the storyteller go, okay. I mean, that works. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me do some math. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Dude. And now suddenly you're trying to very bad, very badly like make up for this thing. Even you forgot they had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you let it happen because it makes for a good story. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's there's the what if they use it? What if they don't use it? And how about the if this falls into the wrong if they hands lose impulse? It. Yeah. If it's taken from them, if they lose it, if it falls into the wrong hands, maybe they sell it and it ends up on the market, mm -hmm. which is always an interesting one because they didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That That's where things get real dicey. Mm-hmm. So I, I could easily see uh, people approaching them for it. People who clearly have money and intention and then making decisions on, I mean, this could retire us. We could be done with this. Another, no, we can't tell it to this guy. Well, we might never have a choice since he knows we have it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like the crime lord. Yeah. You know, pulls you inside, sits you down, offers you a nice glass of white wine. You've got, you know, his his lady folker are, are, you know, tending to your needs. There's yep. nice music playing. He offers you a fine cigar. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what is all this about? Well, my people tell me you've come into possession of a certain item, an item I'm very highly interested in. I could pay you a very, very lucrative price that I'm sure you will get no, no place else. Right. If you just exchange that item for me, yeah. I, in fact, I'll owe you a favor, and I know that you know what owing me a favor or you know, me owing you a favor is worth. Can, is worth, yeah. And all you got to do is put it in my hand and walk out of this place right now. Yep. And now you're like, crap. Do I take this offer? And then if you say no, I don't. So, he still knows you have it. <laughs> right. So your options are yes, and you've just given a one shot nuke to a crime lord. Right. Or no, and you've just told no to a crime lord. To the head crime lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants the thing you have, and you know what step B is. Yeah. <laughs> step A was ask for it nicely. Yeah. yeah. I'm a decent I'm a decent person, but there are people who are not so decent in my organization who know that I want this. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to say that they're going to come for you, but I will say that they are very aggressive in all of the tendencies that they tend to use to achieve the things that I wish by my birthday, mm -hmm. which is next week. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> now, out of courtesy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> you've got you've got a lot of interesting situations that could come along with that. Um and, you know, even just reminding players of this can create some interesting dynamic moments. Um, you know, reminding them that their power is temporary. Uh, remind them that it can be used against them if it's lost. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like I said, you know, you know you just handed a Mafia Don a, uh, a, a one-shot nuke. You know, what if you later then cross that Mafia Don 
What if you have second thoughts and go and ask for it back and he decides that that's a slight, you know? Are you now a target mm-hmm. for it? You know? Yeah. You know what you just gave him. You know what it can do. Yeah. Um, bad guys might want to use themselves. The good guys may want to disarm the players. We mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and once unleashed, depending on what that power is, like the, the original poster said, a pit fiend, mm-hmm. that power may remain in play as its own factor. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. So you get a lot of a lot of very cool implications for just putting something like this on your table and yeah. just watching what happens. Yeah. So I kind of want to break down what we're talking about, some options, some ideas and mm-hmm. explanations that we have. Um, so that if you want to do something like this and you want to use it, what are some, some guidelines and some things to think about? Yeah. Um, you have the known nuke, which I think is the, the one of the best ways to do it. Anytime that you can present something to your players in clear, open format it lets their brain start to be tickled. You're not, you know, there's no gimmicks. There are no edges to it. It's just, this is a scroll of fireball. Mm-hmm. It is max level and can be cast by anyone who can use a scroll. Period. End of story. Sure. You have it. That's it. Simple as that. There are no question of what it is. You don't need to identify. You are well enough versed in magic that you look at this and say, holy crap, that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. Like, with a little bit of skill, your fighter could read this and blow someone up. That's it. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So How there's... do you pronounce this scroll? Is it Haster, 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 or Huster, Huster, Huster? Either way, we're all dead. Right. So... <laughs> yeah, and and I think by being blunt and to the point, you remove that question in their mind, and it is only about what it can or cannot do in their minds. Whether it's something they use or don't use, whether it's something they protect and covet, mm-hmm. you know, or something that they try and get as far away from themselves as possible, you know, and that's where things can get really interesting. I, I was reading one where they the person gave them a wand, and the players immediately, like three or four episodes in, realized how dangerous it was for dangerous for them to even have it because they could lose it or something like that, and so they decided that much like the Ring of Power, they were going to try and destroy it. Mm-hmm. Then they realized how destructive destroying a magical item really was. Yep. And they were like, do we even know what that'll do? And they're like, most enchanters will tell you don't do it. Like, bad things will happen. We're not entirely sure all the bad things will happen. Maybe it'll discharge all of its charges at once. Maybe that magic will tear the weave. Maybe it'll do something completely different. Maybe it'll just crack and fizzle contents under pressure keep away from open flame exactly exactly yep. so it it throws into question everything else about the box mm-hmm. because they already know what the box does all right so then <laughs> uh let's see here you've got actually you can give them directions Ooh. to drama mm-hmm. um it's not in and of itself a direct power sure but if you tell them where the power is... Oh, like the Ark of the Covenant? Like the Ark of the Covenant, the sure. whole, like, uh, um, you know, map on the back of the Declaration of Independence, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. sort of thing like that. Um, uh, or, or, you know, the key to the Crystal Kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can... You then have something that in and of itself leads to power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily your one-shot nuke because it's very difficult to use that sort of thing in the capacity of we decided we don't want to engage with this uh, uh, with this encounter, so we're just going to nuke it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it does still have that implication of it as extreme power put into play mm-hmm. and then begins that whole cycle of should you have it, should you use it, should you find it, and are you hunted for it? Yeah, I, I think it definitely falls in the category of uh, the guy with the million-dollar check, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where, like, he can't deposit it because there's no bank will just accept it, but he could walk in and get himself a fine suit because he has to go take care of this. Uh-huh. Or he he can get a good meal because they see that he has this million dollar check. So everything else that falls along the line with it, but at the same time, everybody's waiting for the million dollar check. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah, that, that, I, that's how I kind of feel about that one. Um, going along the lines of uh, things that aren't necessarily touchable, but are still fit in that, is the, the key or gateway. Mm. You know, where they have the way 
to open something. Like you were saying, like a portal spell that would open to a pit fiend yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or a summoning or something like that, where literally they hold the key to that, mm-hmm. to turning that thing on, launching the nuke or or activating the whatever drone or or releasing the mega virus, you know. That is within their power to let it go, but at the same time, it is not within their control necessarily. Yeah. And yeah. they're aware that there's that element of, if I open this door, I kind of know what's behind it. It's a little Pandora's box. Kind of. You but it's, it's definitely more known than the Pandora's box in the sense that you know you're not in control. Right, right. I just mean Pandora's box from the aspect of once you uncork that genie, yeah. you can't put it back in the bottle. Correct, correct. And that it's it's clearly something stronger that put it there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you do have the unknown box where some somebody hands them something that was ultimately powerful and protected, yet they don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, Here, don't don't use this; it'll destroy everything. Anyway, bye. Yeah, you know, like, you're like, what do you mean don't use it. What? Yeah. How do I use it? Yeah, like, I don't even know how this thing works. What is yet. it? What comes I'm out of it? Right. I don't know. Destruction comes out of it. Yeah, the last guy who opened the lid of this box, his face melted off. Yeah. Oh. What was in there? Nobody knows because his face melted off. Right. We didn't don't even open stick the box. around to ask. Right. <laughs> right. Don't open the box. You know, is it like a sun in there? Is it heat? Nobody knows. His face melted off. <laughs> we closed the box and put it away and marked it exhibit X. Do not open. Yes. <laughs> like, and I think those types of things are kind of unique on their own because, again, you have that moment of I have no idea what's in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whoever put it there had a rough clue, but marked it with enough markings to say, don't do this thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they more or less put a warning label on it. Whoever put it there, put it there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you are locked behind the ninth gate of Anastor because, you know, you are the most evil thing that has ever walked the face of this earth. Okay, cool. Here's the keys to it. You know, <laughs> like maybe the gods that banished this person here were onto something. And uh, maybe we shouldn't, but or maybe we should. I don't know. I mean, does the big bad evil guy warrant that kind of ass kicking? I don't know. Yeah, and I would say, you know, uh, uh, the other thing that I read a lot was that um, people get into heavy details. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to set, the, they want to lawyer up the rules as tight as possible, so their players don't mess with it too far, and they can just do this one thing that they allow. Mm-hmm. I say, don't go that far. Like, if you're taking that much time to figure that out, it's not important anymore. Just don't do it. Yeah. You're stressing out over something that literally is, it should be fundamentally understood. And secondly, you have to be prepared to put this in front of your players, the people that you have a trust level with. Mm-hmm. If you already know that they're tactical geniuses who are going to literally use every item in a MacGyver type of way to try and work around your problems, clearly you need a different type of challenge for them. Yeah. Don't give them a Swiss Army knife and tell them the only item they can use in it is the blade. They will use the rest of the stuff in there. In fact, they'll probably kill you with the toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the corkscrew. Yeah. The corkscrew. Oh, jeez. So, uh, in summation, I am looking forward to giving you guys all a nuke in my game. and uh, I, I will be looking forward to seeing Looking said forward nuke. to seeing who you nuke with it. Yes. Do you we have some questions? Yeah, we've got some questions here. Go for it. Uh, i got a couple questions here. Uh, so, the Mad Elf shot us a question, sort of. I think it's a question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind in the context of a topic is uh, a powerful weapon. Um, I'd love to hear a consideration of other one-use powerful tools. Uh thinking of the ladder that comes up in uh the letter that comes up in the three musketeers um it is by my order of the good uh for the i can't read this it is by my order and for the good of the state that the bearer of this has done what he has done yes so it's it's literally an open-ended letter Uh uh-huh and you're like ooh, okay uh what did they do it's not defined it doesn't matter right it's an open letter of destruction you can essentially claim anything. Correct. To, yep. Yep. And and I think those types of things are powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, are just as powerful as a nuke, and it's in it's in a non yet could be possibly very destructive way. I mean, if if you conceive of social encounters as essentially just a different type of combat encounter, mm-hmm. 
It's absolutely a nuke. Yeah. This this is a this is a maximized fireball you can drop into a social situation. Mm-hmm. Or not. You you could murder somebody and then literally present this letter and walk away. Uh-huh. I'm thinking like uh like in Hamlet. Yeah. Where uh, Hamlet sends uh Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Uh Guildenstern and Rosencrantz. Uh, was it Guildenstern and Rosen or was it never mind. Um <laughs> Anyway, sends them to what Denmark? Yes, and with a letter. With, with a letter, basically. But he he changes the letter that they were presented. It was supposed to say um, "kill Hamlet," right? And he sent them with a letter with the king's seal on it, saying, "Please kill the bearers of this letter." Right? They're traitors. <laughs> They're traitors. Yeah. And here they were. Yep. Yep. Uh, it sounds a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, other powerful one-use tools. I mean, the big weapon comes to mind. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I guess it would really depend on your setting. Like, I, I think things like this are a really great way to, um, exhibit as a storyteller what the upper limits of power within your world building are. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in my setting in the Elder Scrolls, I mean, it wouldn't be a pit fiend necessarily, but it might be a gigantic daedra of some sort. Sure. Um, it couldn't be one of the Daedric princes, but it could be it could be one of their right hand men. You well, know? there's nothing to say it couldn't be a favor from a Daedric prince. It could be a favor from a Daedric prince. It could be a Daedric artifact in and of itself. And you guys are dealing with the the fallout from one of those right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even be necessarily be Daedric in nature. Um, the aliens came up with some really gnarly stuff. Oh, uh, the the automaton stuff. Uh, yeah, the Dwemer. Dwemer. The Dwemer, um, who are no longer even around to figure out their technology. Right. Had all sorts of automatons and, like, basic robotics. Kind of, Actually, yeah. very complex robotics, actually, when it comes to it. But, like, yeah. in a steampunk magic aesthetic? Yes. Um, or music aesthetic, depending on who you're reading. Depending on who you're reading. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, it it could be, you know, the the control rod for a Dwemer Colossus, mm-hmm. you know, or Centurion. What, what are you going to do with, it? like, right. you've got a Dwemer Centurion, you know? Right. I mean... What could you do with that? A dragon call would be another thing. Yes. Where you could call a dragon of old. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- what, do you, what do you do at that point? Like, you could talk to him, technically, but maybe if you're in the middle of a battlefield and someone's just like... You know, hey, you know, you better get out of here, adventure. You and your three friends aren't going to do much here. <sighs> You're right. We wouldn't normally. And then you call a dragon to show up. And mm-hmm. suddenly now that person is wetting themselves because they haven't been seen for an age. I'm thinking the implications of that, too, of you uh, You call the dragon. The dragon strafes them with dragon flame and mm-hmm. just scorches the earth everywhere around there where they are. Lands in front of you and says, I've... Fulfilled my fulfilled du- my duty now, mortal. I'm free, mm-hmm. and takes off. And you're like, "What do you mean you're free? Yeah, exactly. free from what? Exactly, <laughs> from you. <laughs> did I just unbind a dragon? You did. Whoops. You did. Right there. Right there. And so, they have other things to do. Yeah, they've got an agenda now. Yep. So, well, I mean, they had an agenda before. Let's just be honest. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, those are just some things to come to mind. But yeah, I would, I would, as a, as a storyteller, whatever, whatever story you're telling, I would use it to show what the upper limit of power in your in your setting is. Um, and use it to tell an interesting story about what that upper limit is and why we don't usually reach that upper limit and the dangers of reaching it or something like that. You know? Yeah. There could be a lot, a lot of great great things there. Yeah. Uh, Knox then asked, uh, I've always thought about the best way to empower a person is to give them their choices and control back. When rewarding your players, do you feel it's better to give them a reward that you've chosen for them or a reward of their choosing that fits their own character or play style? What are some possible ideas? What are some problems this could lead to? It's kind of a big question. Um, do you feel it's better to give them a reward you've chosen for them or a reward of your of their choosing that fits their own character or playstyle? Um I tend to want to choose for them. Um for one simple reason, and that's just simply because um it gives me a better handle on the uh on the power level mm-hmm. that I've offered them and what solutions I've offered them. Mm-hmm. And I can better account for that in future encounter design. Um, and it's a completely selfish thing, but I also tend to give things that the player would want anyways. Or at least I think they would want. 
I could, I, I definitely feel that for a lot of rewards. Anytime that you have an epic reward, it is always hard to figure out what the best reward is. Mm-hmm. I think in some situations, some def- definitely for some gameplay styles, um, having the player pick the reward for their character and work it out with the storyteller is a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think you could come up with some really interesting story and dramatic moments within that um you'd you'd have moments like Gimli asking for hair you know oh yeah and getting three Mm. which you know alone in the movie only seems like a token kind of thing that's you know beauty but to those who know Lord of the Rings and the meaning of that it's incredible Mm -hmm. that he got three yeah um and so I I think that you could definitely put it to there that your players could come up with something that you would have never thought of, and then you can add a level to that that's different. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, it, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz ending, you know, of, you know, uh, you know what they've always wanted. It's what they've asked for the entire time. But at the end, you give it to them in such a way that it feels complete. You knew that the Tin Man, you know, wanted a heart. You knew that the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the lion wanted courage. Each one of them got what they were asking for the whole time, but the key is, is to f- be listening well enough or listen to your players well enough to find out what it is the thing that they're asking for. And sometimes that's really hard in games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, I think there's just a lot of like good, like out of character, just talk, you know, the storyteller and player talking about their characters and their place in the story. Mm hmm. Um, where you can work a lot of that stuff out. And I know you and I have a lot of those discussions, but, um, I think they'll, they, they happen more in games where you as a storyteller take the time to pause and listen to those people. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, what I mean by that is giving your NPCs the time to ask somebody a question. You know, when one of your players says, I'm going to head up to bed, you know, I, 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 my character's not handling this, you know, they're going to step away from this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Great, that's fine. Maybe there's somebody in the hall who catches them and like, are you okay? You know, and they're like, you know, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't want to talk about this kind of a thing. Well, it's fine. You know, I, I'm just going to go downstairs and, you know, play some music, but you seem like somebody who, who might need a few minutes, you know, uh, of somebody to talk to what happened. And you let an NPC be that, guidepost to allow that character to open up to speak plot exposition into the yeah. into the story yeah and yeah. give and and open the window mm-hmm. for you as a storyteller to listen yes and make your notes and really feel it and let the other players hear it too and accept the fact that they can do the same thing mm-hmm. that the players who don't have a voice can have a voice on the side yeah. when they need it and and that really helps you better understand who they are in their playstyles yeah absolutely so uh, Knox is actually in, in the in the live chat right now, as he usually is. Uh, he asks, uh, I says, see, I'm a lazy gift giver. What's the DM equivalent of giving a gift card? That's called a favor. A favor, and they're <laughs> dangerous. Um, That's and... called reputation? Yes. Yep. I, I, I will say drama dice, reputation, inspiration uh, are, are the simplest gifts that you can give because they're a mechanical thing that most games have in some way, a token, mm-hmm. you know... Um, that that is clearly defined by mechanics. The level above that, which is then in game, is like you said, a favor. Have someone of importance or something of importance offer to them a favor, a divine favor, an infernal favor, a a friendly gesture. Mm-hmm. You know that you can call upon me from something important. I mean, and every single person can have that in some way. You know, you have your. Uh, you have your fighter type people who might have another, who might have a blacksmith they're interested, or weaponsmith, or you know, or something where they could be get something from them. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your, your thieves guild who will say, you know, uh, you have a favor from the the head of the thieves guild, which carries weight in every city. Mm-hmm. You know, and at that point, okay, now that that's been taken care of because they could cash it in with literally anyone of power in any major city because now that person has a favor. Of the head of the thieves guild, you yeah. know, and so it pushes it on. So all you have to remember is that those are your two base levels of any kind of gift that you can give that are big. Mm-hmm. You know, one is is an instantaneous thing that you, if you're not even thinking, just drop it, you know, kind of thing because it's a mechanic. And the other is something that opens the story up a little wider, you know, and 
always make the redemption of those things exceptionally meaningful and powerful. Oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. not you know take your time that when the when a player says you know oh I want this, don't just give it to them on the spot. Mm-hmm. Take time to evaluate how you can make that request powerful. I would I would almost I would almost put that in the one shot nuke bin too. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely there because that can be like I'm I'm thinking you know that the token from the thieves guild. Yeah. Of like you know if you ever run into trouble you know present this token and we'll make sure that your problem is taken care of. Yeah. Once. Once. You know, and uh, uh, you know, see like you pull that token out and like the guard that's about to take you in goes, oh oh I'm so sorry I didn't know. And he takes the coin from you and he's like, I'll, I'll make sure this gets into the right hands. And that's all you hear of it. And you're like, okay, the guard just totally took me. Th- and then like three people disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all people who were foes of yours. And then you just get a note slipped under your door two days later saying it is done. Mm-hmm. And then like you go to the tavern and there's like missing person posters posted yep. up for like the people who were giving you a hard time, you yep. know? Yep. Yeah, there there was a, a I'll, I'll throw a little story here. Uh, an individual that I know who will remain nameless uh, was having a problem. They were a uh, an investigator uh, of sorts uh, doing insurance work, and they were uh, they had information mm-hmm. um, about uh, some really cooked books, and they were offered kind of clemency, saying, "Hey, we're not going to nail you because you had nothing to do with this, but you have information, and if you're willing to turn that evidence over and uh, testify, we will." We'll protect you and, you know, we'll we'll take care. We'll make sure that you're you're fine in this. Sure. Okay. They knew the people involved and said this wasn't going to work out. And so uh, within a few days, they were getting death threats mm-hmm. and like really intense stuff. But they had a favor from somebody. And so it had been an old uh, family friend basically said, if anything happens, do this. Mm-hmm. And so being weird, they went basically downtown to this and it asked a few people. And that person said, yeah, you should go to this restaurant on, on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Don't be late. Dress well. And they showed up and sitting at a little back table where some individuals having dinner. And as soon as they walked up, they were like, oh, Yes, you're so-and-so and so-and-so's son. I, I can see it. What's the problem? And he explained that, you know, he was fearful and that there were issues in his life and that, you know, threats were coming to his family. And they said, you go home and get some sleep. Going before people in court is very challenging. It won't be an issue. And the threat stopped. Wow. Literally at that moment. And when he went to court... uh. And sat and testified, literally the person who was threatening him and the rest of the people who were in the defense wouldn't look him in the eye while he was testifying. They wow. literally turned away. True story, huh? True story. Ooh. True story. It was, and, and that's that's the power of a favor. Yep. When when someone has yep. pull and draw, sometimes it, it's it's time to take a step. Great question, Knox. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is what is the the GM version of a gift card? <laughs> that's it. There you have it. There that's you have it. it. And it it changes the story. It really does. Yeah. And it 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 made it powerful. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, I I definitely think that there are there's something to be said about powerful items and powerful weapons in games, but sometimes the most powerful in a story is changing the context. Mm-hmm. And I think adventure does that well. Because your game, because naturally in adventure and tales, you can literally rewrite the story while you're in mid writing it, and it's not the same thing as a powerful weapon, but it is a powerful tool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you have to be willing to accept the yes ands from your players at that point mm-hmm. and let it happen. And I think if you're looking for good context where normally you would think it would be something dangerous to put into a game. Adventure kind of just takes it in stride. Yeah, Adventure's one of those games where, like, the more over the top, the better. Well, how are you describing Iron Skies 2? Oh, God. It was, like, lizard lizard person Hitler Li- riding a dinosaur on the dark side of the moon or something uh, like in that. The, no, no, in the core, empty oh, in, core in, of the Earth. In the hollow core, core of, of the Earth, Earth yes. yeah. I was like, that's, that's a pretty standard adventure game, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching? Oh, this is Iron Skies 2. There was a 2. <laughs> 
Yeah, there was a two. <laughs> the first, the first one was 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 Nazi robots from the dark side of the moon, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then they followed that up with the Earth getting nuked mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, next week's topic. We got we got just got a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh, might as we well open up that gate. Kind of cleaned up the uh, this, this, this topic a little bit, but quick today. Um, so, of course, if there's any question, any further questions in live chat, by all, by all means, throw at us. Um, but next week's topic, uh, we're going to be talking, uh, kind of dissecting the, um, the kind of the big question about the minutia in in gaming. Um, yeah, all the little things. Food, water, encumbrance. Uh, you know what? What is the what style of game do those belong in? Um, are they fun? Yeah. Can they be fun? Uh, you know, sort of things. And or are they just needless bookkeeping? Yeah, I, I remember. A few of my games where where we had ammo count and we had ration count and we had that that hard survivability factor, mm-hmm. uh, and just looking back in my mind and thinking about how I felt about it then versus how I feel about it now and what it means to my stories now, and I, it's different. It's a very different feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a a consideration of uh, what type of story are you trying to tell. Is the hardship the important part in the story? You know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll definitely get to that uh, a little bit more next week. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into the, uh, the well, we will get into the minutiae of it. Yeah. And womp I, womp. And uh, we are getting uh, close, I would say, to the end of this month. And we've been kind of hinting at some things coming up. So uh, we'll let a little bit more out of the bag on this. So second quarter of 2021 is going to be a little bit of a shift for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be doing a little bit more posting on a regular basis. We're going to have a couple of new ideas that we're going to be putting out in play. Uh, So you guys should start seeing more content, especially our Patreon members. You're going to get some unique views into things yeah we're gonna we're gonna throw some stuff up there for our patreon gonna give a you know a little little more incentive to um to join us to join us and and, and, and join the conclave and uh hopefully you guys will uh will start seeing this and uh we we hope you continue this journey with us in, through 2021 and uh it pulls a few more people into the conclave so if you uh if you like this stuff we we, we want you to like and subscribe if you will <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe uh, i'm not gonna say we're ever gonna do youtube oh but i i, I feel like it's gonna happen like I, I i i feel like i feel like we're gonna end up putting up our podcast episodes on youtube and that's it like not making youtube content like video videos, like a waveform but... yeah like showing it off that way yeah i mean i suppose we could Either way, we we still will be attached at the hip to our Discord and our people here. We we love doing these live show chats with you guys. It it's I thought about like I even asked Sarah's like, do we want to keep doing this? And I really like it. I like doing live recording. I like not having this be a processed show. Yeah. So yeah. we're hoping to keep that up. We're hoping to continue that through 2021. And as, as we reach our 100th episode, holy crap. <laughs> it's coming up. This is 94. I'm just yeah. saying. And uh, we hope that uh, the content will continue as it is as we start coming up with more shows and more interesting topics for you guys. We have quite a few coming up that we just came up with very quickly and then got into deep discussions about oh yeah 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 i i i think that the thing is i i I love that after all this time that's still happening yeah where you and i will just like take some like offhanded comment that somebody makes Mm -hmm. on the discord or something like that and we'll just be like you know that gave me some thoughts and 45 minutes later we're like oh shoot we should probably we have a show show. we we have a show on this (laughs) holy crap we have a show on this yep so, but uh, with that being said, you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave, on Instagram at st underscore conclave, on MixLR, which you're hearing us now live uh, on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at mixlr.com slash storyteller conclave. And you can always find our link in our Twitter or at our website, uh, storytellerconclave.com, to join our Discord. And want to give a big shout out to our Patreon members, especially Knox in the Box, Sam, Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, and Veteran. Thank, Thank you, you so much for supporting us week after week, month after month, um, and helping us keep doing this show. 
Uh, our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. If you were listening to that, uh, listening to us live, you heard that. Uh, you can find them at patreon.com slash arcaneanthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.weebly.com. And our outro music, which you're hearing now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at Midair Machine, uh, sorry, soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Vicky and Sean, our families, and everyone else who supports us, our friends who we are constantly getting great tips and ideas from and you our listeners we love you we love so you. much good night good night